This podcast is brought to you in part by Shorewinder, the industry-leading tool for winding residential and commercial springs with a cordless drill. Let us shoulder the burden for you. And check us out at Surewinder.com. Hey guys, before we get into the show, I need to let you know, not only do I own a garage door company, I also own and run a marketing agency. If you need help with your marketing, make sure you contact us at 404-445-3494 or check us out at garagedoormarketing.co. That's garagedoormarketing.co. What's up, Garage Door Nation? My name is Ryan. Welcome to another episode of Torsion Talk, the podcast that's dedicated to helping you grow your garage door business. Hey guys, Ryan here, your host for Torsion Talk Podcast. I'm really excited today. I think you guys are going to enjoy this episode. It's Kyle Hart with Canadian Doormasters. As a matter of fact, I flew out there to interview him in person, but we had so much uh, audio to cut up. We just decided to do an interview like normal. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Sit back, relax, enjoy your day, and enjoy the podcast. Hey guys, welcome to a new season, season two, episode one. I guess we'll probably just call it episode 11. I don't even know how we're going to do that yet, but this is uh, our first episode of season two. And uh, I've got a uh, guest today that was actually originally part of the plan. It was supposed to be my very first interview. And I flew out to Vancouver to meet him. And it was a two part trip. Like I wanted to go out there and learn but I also wanted to record a bunch of audio that allowed me to create a podcast. But I did such a good job of recording that I got so much audio. It was going to take us like a million years to clean it all up because we were in his truck. There's tons of background noise. And so we may try to cut some of that up and, and, and leak some of that over the next couple months. But, um, it seemed to be a little bit of a daunting process for us. And so we decided we're just going to have Kyle Hart on as a guest and treat him like everybody else and have him uh, be interviewed the proper way. So Kyle, welcome to your show, dude. Thank you. You started this whole thing for Uh, me. I know you started this whole thing. Yeah, that's true. But, you were my first official interview for the most part. Thank you. I'm honored. Yeah. So, um, I met Kyle on Facebook, like a lot of the people that we interview. And, uh, I was fascinated for those of you guys who don't know Kyle. Kyle is, um, with door Matt, Canadian door masters out of Vancouver, uh, Canada. And he, um, I consider Kyle pretty much like, one of the industry leaders, um, mainly for, for a couple reasons. One, Kyle does a phenomenal job of, of helping people. I think he's very passionate about helping people, but two, he has the answers and if he doesn't, he can figure it out and he's very resourceful, uh, very smart in that way. 
And so I like to surround myself with people like Kyle. It makes me better. And that's why I wanted to go out there. And I think when I was coming back, I was even more fascinated by him than I was when I went out there. Um, but he, uh, he does a really good job of him and Colleen do a really good job of uh, helping his dad out there run the business. I think he's, uh, you can help me, but I think he's kind of hands off at this point, right? Sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> well, I know he's uh, he's involved, but not as involved as he used to be. And I think it, it's a true testament to you and Colleen that uh, you guys are yeah. more involved in the day to day operations. Yes, he's uh, currently living in the Caribbean. Nice. I think that's where we're all trying to get to, isn't it? Eventually. Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, one day. One day dreams. So my he's got he's got an office phone phone like it's an hour we've got all IP phones and stuff so he's you know sitting by his pool and his rocking chair with his with his office phone and his tablet sitting there sending emails and calling in that's awesome yeah I can totally picture that I could see me there for sure um when we spent time together I think my favorite part was the um the night that uh we went out it was probably the night before I left, uh, we hung out at your house and just talked and I recorded that whole conversation, but I wanted to use most of that for the podcast, but unfortunately I did most of the talking. So today I want to get, I want to flip that. Not much of a podcast if I'm featuring you guys and, and I'm doing most of the talking. So, um, I'm going to ask you guys some questions or you some questions today. And, um, I'm going to start with my favorite. You ready? Okay. I don't know. Am I? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Um, are you allowed to talk about the reason why you're banned from the United States? Am I allowed to talk about it? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> so I'm just curious. I think it's like a hot topic online. Um, so for those of you guys who don't know, Kyle Hart's really big into the garage door industry and the leadership. And um, as we all know, not everybody's got a perfect record, but uh, he didn't show up. I think he got held up at the airport and we were very disappointed. But um, tell us a little bit about that. You don't have to go into like what you did or whatever, but uh, give us a scoop on that. So, yeah, um, we were on our way to, uh, where was the last one? Nashville or something? Uh yeah, it was Indianapolis. No, it, was it was Expo in Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Right. Yeah. So Did you go to Atlanta? Way to Indianapolis. I I went to Atlanta. That was a few years ago, though. Yeah, I was there. Dang, I wish I would have known you. Yeah. So yeah, we were at the airport, um, and we actually have customs for the U.S. at our airport here in Vancouver. So you have to go through that before you get to the boarding gates or anything, and uh, yeah, security. Uh, flagged me and brought me into the back and but they let Colleen through and uh, so we went to the back and I got stuck there for about four hours and um, did you get the white glove treatment no I didn't get that uh, <laughs> so I'm good there <laughs> they didn't look for my prison wallet that's good um, but uh, yeah and uh, at the end of that conversation a very pleasant conversation I was not allowed into the US and now I have a lot of paperwork to uh, try to be allowed into the States. Uh, I have to apply for a waiver. 
Um, the paperwork's not all that easy, and the U.S. Customs and Border Patrol website kind of changes every couple of months where they update the form, and so any work that you've already done is kind of null and void. So I went I went to the border a couple of weeks ago because I thought I had all my paperwork in order. I went to the website, and I downloaded the checklist, and I went through it all, and I checked everything off. I'm like, good, 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 good. And the last step was you got to go to the, to the border and get your fingerprinting done, and and then you can submit this form. Well, I went to the border and they're like, no, we changed it. And now you have to do, like, you have to have all of this extra uh, paperwork and submit differently and this and that, the other thing. And okay, so I got basically denied on applying for the waiver. And so now I'm working on the stuff that they have added. Good deal. Is Colleen staying on top yeah. of you on that? Is she what? She's... Yeah, she's, she's staying on she's top helping, of it. I think. Well, she she says she has. I haven't seen much uh, <laughs> difference, but she just she just got back from Florida. So I got you. She's out. She's out at the beaches and stuff. I think I've seen. She's what? Was she at the beach? Uh, was that like an IDA thing? Yeah, it's IDA directors meeting in uh, Florida, South Keys. That's what I'm talking about. I'm gonna get on that. Yeah. Right. So tell me a little bit about how you got into the business. So, uh, when I, when I graduated high school, I, uh, I was actually, well, I had some computer programming, like software programming experience and I enjoyed that. And I actually wanted to get into making video games. I was passionate at the time about like, uh, 3d graphics design and programming um, so I found a school, like a local, uh, college for specifically for making video games. Yeah, I was a nerd. And, uh, I, I was like, okay, Hey, Hey, look, dad, there's this, this school I want to go to. And I went, okay, cool. So t- tuition, you know, $10,000. It goes, if, uh, if you save up half, so five grand, uh, I'll pay the other half. And to help you get your start, I'll give you a job. You can work for me doing doors and you know, sort of nuts and bolts in the back of the, well, I was going to say warehouse, but really it was the back shed of our house because that's where we ran the business from at the time, which was 20 plus years ago. And uh, so I said, great, thanks, Dad. So I took the job and, uh, you know, 20 years later, I'm still working on that five grand. <laughs> so did you learn yeah. coding? I, I did. Well, I had some of my uncles are really big, uh, like that's their jobs is, is heavy programming. One of them works, uh, for like the university of Waterloo out Ontario. And, uh, so they've, they've come out a few times just for trips, business trips or family trips. And, and then have sat down and taught me when I was young, like 14 ish when they started teaching me. So I, I learned it from them and it, it caught my interest and I went, Hey, look at this cool stuff that I can do. And uh, so I started doing that, um, but uh, yeah, it never really fully panned out, I guess. So what did you, uh, what did you code? What were you doing? HTML, CSS, PHP? No, 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 no. This was, this was 20 plus years ago. So I was doing like Turbo Pascal programming at the oh, time, nice. which was, uh, yeah, <laughs> it was all like DOS based computers that, that I had back then. So, um, I made, uh, using, using that, I made, um, 
You know that little game where you got the paddle at the bottom of the screen and the ball bounces up yeah. and down and, and, and knocks out all yeah. the blocks? Yeah. I made that when I was about 14 on DOS-based programming. Nice. Yeah. So how Stuff come like you that. didn't follow that? Well, you ended up you ended up applying that. So you built an app, right? Were you leading up to I that did, or yeah. am I spoiling it? No, that's, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's right. That's fine. Um, yeah, eventually I, I made an app because I was sitting around going, you know, like we have these smartphones. This is a couple of years after smartphones came out and I was, and I was going, well, it would be so much handier if we had, you know, like an app that could do this and this and this and this. And I go, well, like this should be something that a manufacturer should make. Like I was thinking Kobe or, or Listmaster should have an app that does this. And then I went, so hang oh, on one second. What I want is app. So real quick, what? you started just to make sure that I closed the loop real quick. Cause I don't know if it was super clear, but your dad get, told you to come work for him. Right. And save up 5,000 and go to school. And you just never went to school. You just kept working. Okay. And so then yeah. you're on board, you're well, learning, I, and then you see a need for an app and here we are. So go ahead. Yeah. So years later, I mean, once I started working after a few, at first I hated it, of course. Um, but it's, you know, family business, that's pretty natural. <clears throat> but, uh, after a few years, once I started to figure things out and, and get really good at everything, uh, I, I fell in love with the industry. So I stuck with it. And then, when I got to that stage, I went, well, it would be really handy if, you know, we had this app that could do this and that. And I wanted manufacturers to make it. And then after I thought about it, I went, well, no manufacturer is going to make what I want because what I want is going to include every manufacturer's, you know, information, technical documents, stuff like that. So I said, well, I wonder how hard it is to make it happen. I, I set out to try to figure out if I could do it. And sure enough, I did. Nice. Um, yeah, and then that led to uh, that led to a lot of opportunities for me. I mean, the, the app itself wasn't overly successful. Uh, I think it could have been, but I just really to do an app. An app is a business, essentially, and if you want to do it properly, you know, I would have had to make it like a subscription service if I actually wanted to monetize it properly. And if I'm going to do that, then you have to have a team of people for updates and tech support and this and that and marketing. And I just didn't have the time to do any of that. So I couldn't really fully pursue it, but there was quite a few companies that were using the app and, and loved it. Um, and my, my company included, we used it exclusively for all of our reporting systems for several years uh, up until I just didn't have the time to maintain it, keep up with uh, all of the, like iOS updates. Every time Apple iOS updated, uh, they changed a bunch yeah. of stuff that made, yeah, that made the app not work and they'd have to go back in and rewrite and spend hours, you know, fixing code to make it work with the latest update. Dude, I'm having so much <laughs> fun over here. I'm trying my best to pay attention. John Field is shooting me messages, making fun of you at the moment. He shot me a picture of you yeah. in the truck. And he said, he said, he's talking while I'm working. Yeah. He just pulled up to my job site that I'm parked in front of right now. <laughs> That's funny. All right. So he's, he's going to hate me for this. I'm going to say he's my helper. He's not, he's a lead deck, but I like to yeah, call I know. I like to have fun with that too. So how did your dad get into the business? 
Uh, ooh, um, I think he, uh, you know, when he was a kid, he was running around doing stuff, and, and one of his friends was uh, in the industry, and he said, hey, you know, I could use a help with, you could use a hand with this job. You want to come with me for the day? And I mean, and he went, yeah, sure, I guess. And I think they went and did some jobs, and, and I guess he stuck with it. That's crazy. So easy to get sucked in here. I mean, I love the industry. I love doors. The industry, yeah. So well, we have a saying in uh, out here: once you get into the door industry, you never get out. Some people will leave, but usually they end up coming back. Right. Yeah, I see that too. You guys have a bunch of different locations, right? Yeah, yeah, we got a few, um, but everything is run out of our main office area like all of our phones are IP phones uh, so if you call any of our phone numbers they all go to our central head office and everything gets dispatched from there but we have uh, three locations right now okay so out of curiosity what was the thinking behind creating new locations um, well we had uh, we cover a fairly large service area, mm-hmm. and uh, what we were finding is we we're having guys out in you know further further away from the shop, and they might need specialized parts, and or customers were calling and saying, "Hey, well, you know, like I want to get you know I want to buy a remote, but do you have a location over here?" And we're like, "No," and so so that's sort of branched. When we had our head office, we had we were starting to get like three, four, five warehouses in that one location. And then we went, well, let's get another location over here to, uh, you know, help with fill those needs of guys needing parts or customers wanting to come in and pick stuff up or whatever. And then our third location, uh, we had the opportunity where um, a customer of ours, he's a wholesale customer who would come in and buy some stuff from us from time to time. And it's a bit of a remote location. That's up on the Sunshine Coast. You actually have to take a ferry to get there, which I don't, or did you and I? Yeah, I think you were trying to make it happen, but I don't think we were able to. Next time. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to come again. Uh, Okay. So, yeah, so that, he, that guy, um, he ended up hurting his back doing, or he was like a one-man show, and so he ended up hurting his back. He was doing all the installs and the service and the paperwork, and he's having a hard time keeping up with everything, and he hurt his back, and he couldn't really do it anymore, so we, we... Uh, jumped on the opportunity to buy his business out. Uh, and then from there, we've, we've kind of expanded that business and, and made it uh, more profitable and grabbed new customers. And yeah, it's, that location is actually doing very well. Nice. What are some of the pros and cons to having uh, have it set up that way? I mean, how do you guys, Is it, do you guys just trust your techs with the parts and stuff or do you guys control the inventory? Well, really right now, we're not very good at uh, inventory control with our software. I mean, we have the software set up to do it, and the software we have is is great for that. Like, we're using uh, QuickBooks Enterprise uh, Contractor Edition, so it's, it's a very expensive QuickBooks, and it has advanced inventory for managing and tracking all that, and then we're using Smart Service for the dispatch software, but... The problem is on our end is what we need to do is redo our entire parts inventory list in the system because it's just, you know, 20 years of, of building it. It's, it's just made a mess of it, really. Yeah. 
And that is a task that we're working on, but it's a big, big task. I feel like that's 99% of all of us. Like inventory. I mean, I don't, if anybody out there has figured out like how to do it really well, I want to hear from you because um, I'm, we're trying our hardest. I, I think, I think we have a good plan. It's just getting to the stage of where I see it is a lot of work. And one of the, I mean, I'll get into detail if you like. One of the problems is like right now we have the inventory items in our in our system. But they're set up incorrectly. Like some of them, like let's say a roller is set up as a service item as opposed to an inventory item, which is incorrect. The service is meant to be for like waiver items, right? And so, so what happens is instead of being an inventory item, you don't have a quantity of, of that item. And so if we were to go in and change everything or, or even delete all of those parts and then create new parts, and set them as inventory items, and then you set quantities. Well, that affects your balance sheet and your income statement. Mm. Uh, when you try to set a quantity, you know, you got 200 of these items that are worth, you know, 20 bucks each. That's, that's going to offset everything. And you can't just do that. We have to actually work with our accounting yeah. uh, company as well. To you almost have to create like a deadline and just pull the bandaid off that one day and switch everything over. Yeah, or or offset the uh, you know create an offset item to offset the, the inventory so like that we don't have this negative uh, debit in our thing your right. system, right? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So it's a big project. So I know for me, like one of the things I struggle with right now, and we're trying to get a hold on it, is like the guys will will just sometimes forget, but most of the time they're pretty good. They're like, Hey man, I just took the last, you know, motor or I just took the last, you know, 207 spring. Um, and you're like, crap, you got to get it ordered. Um, what is y'all's process on? Like, how do you guys make sure you have the right parts? And that you're ordering. Well, we're doing the same thing. You know, it's, it's, we have a warehouse manager who's in there and, um, he keeps an eye on he's, he's keeping an eye on inventory levels, but we ask the guys to be responsible that way too and say, Hey, you know, if you notice we're low, let us know so that we can reorder. But ideally, you know, QuickBooks has a minimum quantity levels where, you know, if, if that item goes out, you're low in that item, it's going to pop up and say, Hey, you need to order more yeah. of this. Has like a threshold. That's good. Yeah. And that's good data yeah, too. That ability. Yeah. I feel like the data for that's even valuable because you can see, you know, what parts you're selling the most and then what your profit margin is on those. And do you need to adjust it? So oh, yeah. I think that's yeah, there's tons of stuff you can do with that, with the data, if you have it set up correctly. Right. But that's, that's the thing is you kind of set it up correctly from the get go. And, it's, and you also have to create processes because when you have, you know, five, five to 10 people in the office ordering stuff and you got five to 10 trucks on the road pulling stuff, you have to manage the inventory correctly and, and, and track it properly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. So you guys, you had mentioned something earlier. It sounds like, and I think I, I remember this from when I was out there, you guys are not just like a door dealer where you offer service, but you guys also are a distributor for certain products as well. So do you sell to dealers only or you sell to the general public? I mean, how do you guys 
tell me a little bit about that side of the business. Yeah, we, uh, my, my dad has dreams of, of us being a wholesaler. We're not really at the level, uh, where we want to be with that. We just haven't had time because we're focusing more on the service part, but we sell, I mean, we do retail, uh, sales for customers coming in by remotes. That happens all the time. And we also do some wholesale to some of the local, local smaller companies, um, will come in and buy because we buy, uh, in fairly large volumes. So we buy lots of springs and operators. And so and we have a lot of parts, um, for our service department. So guys will come in and, and we're fairly centrally located. So it's convenient for a lot of the companies that be running around and go, Hey, I need this spring or I need this. And we even for a little while, we even offered, um, sort of like uh, an auto parts company and we had delivery. So if you, my vision on that was if you had a, if you were on a job site, you had a broken spring, you could call us with that spring size and we would make it and bring it out to you. So you wouldn't even have to leave site and just rip the spring out. But hopefully by the time you were done doing that, we'd have had the spring made and delivered to you and you just put it in. That would be awesome. Like the Uber for torsion springs. Yeah, yeah, or, or any other parts, right? And we've done it a few times and had customers been like, hey, that was great, but it just, we didn't have, there's not enough of it. And, right. and a lot of times what happened, we're like, well, we don't have a guy available to deliver it. So it's not like we had a delivery driver sitting there waiting for the order, right? We just, yeah. There's not enough. And I found out about Somer through you, and you guys are a distributor for Somer, right? We are a Western Canadian distribution for Nice. So I've got some good news and, and a little bit of an announcement. Have you heard? Uh, depends on what the announcement is. You talk about Roman with Dazma. No. But I did you just leak know. something? Okay. <laughs> Sounds like you might have just leaked something. Breaking Oops. news from Kyle Sorry. Hart on Roman. Go ahead. No, I'm just kidding. So, no, I... I don't uh, know if I'm supposed to say that. <laughs> Dude, we might need to block that up. Ryan. Yeah. I got a fire truck pulling up beside me. It might fire up their sirens here. I had a job site, obviously. Yeah, of course. All right. Um, So tell me about, so first of all, my announcement is we just became a distributor of uh, Somer. So now we're, we're, uh, we're, you know, I didn't see my business really going that way, honestly. Um, I've always felt like selling wholesale was not a good model just because you're buying cheap and selling cheap. Um, I like the profit margins in retail. Uh, however, if you have a, if you have a a service based business, I feel like it's kind of natural. And, um, so I actually created a separate LLC and that LLC runs all of my parts and, we're keeping all of our inventory. We're working on trying to put an inventory system in place through that. And the person that's in charge of it, she checks out all the parts. So she's able to pull up whatever parts we've used and service Titan for the last day or two, pull all those parts and have them ready for the guys when they get here. And so we feel like our plan is good and we're trying to execute it right now, but there's tons of resistance, just one thing after another. So we're working on that, but tell me a little bit about, um, Go ahead. Like, I don't want to get too far off subject, but tell me a little bit about the, um, and can you tell the fire truck people that we're doing a podcast? I'm just kidding. Yeah. A little bit. It's not bad. Um, can you tell us a little bit about like your distribution side? Has that been effective for you guys at all? 
What's it like being a Soma distributor and what other products do you, are you guys a distributor of? And I hear you guys like fly all over the country and look at different products and stuff that you guys can purchase and then have like truckloads delivered to you, like containers from, from overseas and stuff. Somer is a European-based garage door opener manufacturer who has recently opened Somer USA out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Serving more than 90 countries worldwide, with our 40 years of experience, Somer produces one of the highest quality openers on the market. Combining German engineering and manufacturing, Somer uses direct drive technology to make their openers and opener accessories durable, long-lasting, quiet, and with the maximum lifting force. Further, Somer has earned both IDA and DASMA certifications by maintaining the quality and innovation standards set in place by national and international garage door associations. Maintaining these standards has allowed Somer to create the most versatile operator on the market, featuring unique optimization and diagnostic tools to make their operator perfect for every job and every customer. For more information on Somer operators, visit somer USA.com. That's S O M M E R dash USA.com or contact their Charlotte office at 877 766 6607. What's it like being a Soma distributor and what other products do you, are you guys a distributor of? And I hear you guys like fly all over the country and look at different products and stuff that you guys can purchase. And then have like truckloads delivered to you, like containers from from overseas and stuff. Yeah, so we distribute a variety of products. Like um, Allomatic is a gate operator manufacturer out of California. Uh, we're the Canadian distributor of that product. Um, there's, uh, I mean, we distribute a lot of different products, like Napoleon Links. We carry a lot of their hardware and some operators. We've got Canon uh, operators. Um, Case Hardware, C-A-I-S, is a manufacturer of gate hardware. So you're talking about swing gate hinges and sliding gate rollers and cantilever tracks and rollers and guide wheels and, and that sort of stuff. Now, they are out of the Czech Republic. And uh, so my dad and I actually flew out uh, a couple of months ago. We went, I flew, well, he was already out in Europe. And so I flew out to Vienna, Austria, and uh, spent a night there. And then from there, we drove through Slovakia and then up to the Czech Republic. We spent a couple of nights there, uh, hanging out with the owner uh, of his entourage. And we went and visited their factory. And uh, it was very cold in <laughs> the Czech Republic. And, uh, yeah, and then we, we drove back. So I was in Europe for, like, four days or something, uh, with, like, a nine-hour time shift and a very long flight. And we drove around for a couple of days, and then we drove back. Uh, I think I flew back from uh, Frankfurt, Germany, I think. And, uh, yeah, so that was cool. So, yeah, Gate Hardware, we're actually bringing in some chapter public. Um, and, yeah, like you said, we're bringing in containers from, from Sommer direct from Germany. And we're looking at some other suppliers out in uh, Germany to bring in, uh, like, Doco uh, garage door hardware, like European-style garage door hardware, I think. And there's a couple of other uh, garage door manufacturers out that way that we're looking at trying to combine container loads with Sommer. So um, it's, it's difficult to manage, but we're hoping to find, like, a central 
sort of storage facility in Europe, like Germany area, where we could we can have Sommer bring in half a container of product and load it into the container, and then we can have another manufacturer bring in their product and sort of stuff it all, several manufacturers' products into a container and then have that whole container shipped over to Canada. That's that's the ideal, like, game plan from the Europe side of things. It's just been difficult to manage. Dude, we're trying to figure out dispatching within a 30-mile radius. I can't even imagine... Trying to coordinate like containers and shipments and multiple manufacturers delivering at the same time and getting it over here, that's got to be crazy. From Germany. From Germany. Yeah. That's nuts. And Czech Republic. Yeah. Not me. Have you seen that movie? Uh, what was it? Uh, dang. Where they're like selling ar- like arms to the military. Uh, yeah. Uh, War dogs. War dogs. Which one? Have you seen War, War Dogs? Dogs? Is that the one with uh, that one with Jonah Hill? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think I have. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, yeah, I've seen that one. Dude, yeah. that movie is awesome. I loved that movie. I probably watched it two or three times. That scene, like, I don't know that I'd ever end up in like Iraq or whatever, but that just feels like some stuff I would get myself into when I was younger. But my favorite part was when he pulls up. And he tries to buy weed in the and ghetto. Goes and and, the yeah. And the guys are like, the guys are like, just take his money. And he's like, okay. Yeah. Okay. And then he walks back to the car and he gets like a fully automatic, you know, gun and he shoots it in the air and they go run off. He's like, okay, okay. Where are you going? <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Anyway. Um, sorry. Took a rabbit trail. All right. So. Where are you going with that? Yeah, I wasn't going anywhere. I was just <laughs> Is that me? Am I Jonah Hill in that scenario? No, no. I just feel like you're kind of like, yeah, you're probably you're probably organizing some type of master masterfy over there. Um, all right, so you are kind of the poster child in my, in my eyes, personally. I don't know if that's the case of everywhere else, but for certifications. So, what certifications do you have through IDEA? Not to be confused with IDA for those listeners. Yeah. Uh, so I have basically all of them, I think, um, all except for accreditation. So I'm certified residential, certified commercial sectional, certified uh, commercial rolling steel, certified commercial rolling fire, uh, certified gate operator installer, and certified gate system designer. Feels like a lot. Uh, yeah. That's, I think that's all of them. And so that makes you, because you have all of them, is there a test at the end that, that you have to take to be a master certified? Or do you just get them because you've got them all? You, you, only, you don't need all of those to be a master tech. Uh, you just need the first four, so the, the door ones. The gate ones don't apply to the master tech. Okay. That's good to know. No. All right, so if you get the first four, you automatically become a master tech. You don't have to take, like, a master tech test. Correct. No, you've already taken four tests, and and you also have to submit your drop test. Yes. So tell me a little bit about that process. I got to see a drop test, which I loved when we were out there. Um, Being able to see that for the first time was great. But share a little bit about uh, the drop test and maybe I know you guys are working really hard to make that a simpler process. But the way I understand it is you got to take the test and then you got to do your drop test. There's got to be a certain many of them. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, about the 
IBGA process? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, to get your commercial, uh, certified commercial rolling steel fire door certificate, so, uh, yeah, you got to take the test and then submit to drop test. Uh, you just, you know, you go to a door, you drop test it twice, uh, you do it, so on the paperwork, you send that into IDEA. At that time, then you actually become certified. I think a lot of people are intimidated by fire doors because of, you know, the liability. But I think I think not enough people are intimidated by fire doors because really? there's so many of them that are done incorrectly. Oh, wow. So explain to us what the correct yeah. way to do it is. Well, I mean, there's... And I'm not going to go through, like, all of the NFTs. No, I know, you, but, but what I'm saying, like, what are the things that you see that people are doing wrong the most that needs to be done right? Well, basically, and I'm sure most of my fire door guys will agree, it's like, when you go out, a lot of the ones I go out and see, it's starting to get a little better, because I think, I think Facebook groups and whatnot are helping with people to see the mistakes that they've been making over the years and, and learn that way, which is fine. It's great. Um, but I mean, a lot of them I go out and I see, it looks basically like a guy who's done a lot of rolling steel stuff as well. This is just a rolling steel door. It's easy. Right. And it, and initially it is, but from the fire door portion setup, a lot of that is done very incorrectly, like usable links uh, or detectors, right? They have to be on both sides of the opening because a fire door's purpose is to close off an opening to prevent the fire from spreading to different areas of the building. So you have to have a detector or a fusible link, but fusible link is a type of detector on both sides of that opening, because depending on where your fire is, it needs to be able to detect it, right? It seems fairly logical when you think about it that way. But so many times I've gone to a job and it's like one fusible link and it's like directly above the door. It's not up at the ceiling where all the heat sits. So it's, you know, basically useless. And we have to tell customers, hey, look, this, you know, this isn't correct. We have to redo this. This is what this has to be. And they go, well, you know, the last company that was here and they had tested it for the last 10 years, they said it was fine. Why did they say it was fine? Uh, I don't know why they said it was fine, but I'm telling you it's not. And here's, you know, my code references to show you how it's supposed to be. And they go, oh, yeah, okay, that seems to make sense. So I'm curious, like, there's no laws, there's no laws around people who aren't certified working on fire doors, right? It's more like you should be sad. You should be certified. Correct. So is there any talk about maybe working with legislation to try to get that, uh, that you have to be certified? of in the process i mean it's where do you start right do you get insurance agents to to mandate that right now it's kind of up to the customer to say hey i want a certified tech and they customers don't know that there is a certified fire door technician right unless you tell them and if you're not certified you're not going to tell them so they they don't know but um the there is uh in the works right now, I got a buddy of mine who's on the, the council with, uh, or like a a subgroup or whatever, subcommittee with the NFPA. You know, NFPA is National Fire Protection Agency, right? Okay. So they they're the ones that basically write all of the codes for all fire safety equipment. And he 
there's talks about making changes to NFPA to like right now the, the verbiage in it is um, you know you have to have somebody uh, qualified. I think is the term they use. Work on you go well. What what is the definition of qualified? Hey, That's like, broad. Yeah, I installed a LiftMaster before. Yeah, so I can do a fire door, no problem. <laughs> but no, they're changing that. I think they're hoping to change that, I should say, to, uh, I can't remember the, the actual verbiage of it, but it's, essentially they're leading towards certifi- certified in some sense or and or like uh, factory trained by the manufacturer where they, they got a letter of, from the manufacturer says, hey, these guys actually know what they're doing. Something along those lines. Right. Be able, you have to be able to prove that you know what you're doing. And then, like, I think you guys should probably get a little bit more specific, just to be honest with you. Even here, like, I've heard dealers are creating their own certifications uh, and, and putting their guys through training and then calling them certified. I mean, can you really be certified? Yeah. I mean. That happens. Um, but it, for fire doors, you're seeing that? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. I've never heard that before. Uh yeah, I mean, I don't know who that is or what sort of training process they're doing, uh, but it's not the same. Really. It's not the same as the IDEA because I've gone, I've seen some of the installs. They definitely, they, I don't think they train their guys to take it all the way to the ceiling. I know that um, because I haven't seen one yet where that was done. Um, but yeah. obviously, there's some sort of I mean, I heard that they're they have a training and certification program for fire doors. So they are what Atlanta Door Company certified? Yeah, I, I don't know. I I don't know okay. exactly how that uh, how that works. To be honest with you, but I was just curious. You might uh, I, as a as a suggestion, you guys may want to go one step further and just put you know any any. Uh, uh, like maybe IDEA certified or I don't know. Maybe there's two or three of them out there that are, are, are valid. Maybe there's schools that do it. I don't know. But, um, you know, dealers doing their own training certifications on working on fire doors. And then, um, you know, I don't know how important it is that the, you know, if, if you're, if you're 10 feet above the door, but you got 20 foot ceilings, how big of a difference is that really? I mean, I'm not well, trying to. You got to think about where your. You have to think about where your heat sits, and, and the heat rises the up to the ceiling, and but the ceiling is where it's going to sit. Right. Uh, so you need to sit there gap, to heat the the yeah. link. Correct, because the link melts at uh, 165 degrees. Yeah. And there's different ratings, right? You have some that are lower and higher. There, there are some uh, higher. I don't think there's anything lower than 165, but there are some higher rated uh, feasible links for you know hot areas. Uh, I've seen some. I actually sold some fire doors to a company in Alberta for up in the oil rig, and they put it in, and then they called me a couple of days later and said, "Hey, do you have any links that melt at a higher temperature? These ones keep breaking," <laughs> and uh, we ended up. Uh, at that time, I didn't know that that existed, but yeah, we ended up finding some higher heat-rated links. That's crazy. 
Well, I don't want to get too deep into fire doors. I just thought it was an interesting conversation. I think there's a lot of mystery around it. So I did want to spend some time there. Is there anything you want to add before I change the subject? Because I'm about to go in a completely different direction. No, uh, I don't know. I mean, if you're doing fire doors, do yourself a favor because there is a lot of liability involved in that. Because that door, if they do have a fire and that door doesn't come down for whatever reason, there's going to be people who know what they're talking about coming to look at that door and they're looking to point fingers. So you assume liability if you're the last one to touch that. Be very careful. If you don't, you know, if you're not sure, at minimum, make a phone call to the manufacturer of that door. If they're not, they should be willing to help you unless they don't know you, they might not. But generally speaking, they are pretty open with information and they're a great resource. And if you're interested in becoming certified to you know, help yourself, get in touch with IDEA. There's websites, get enrolled in the certification program, I'll send you out the book, it's got lots of information. Uh, I really think it's, it's necessary. I appreciate that. I, I'm, I'm a big advocate, as you know, is trying to do things the right way. And I think there's a lot of mystery around what that is and the consequences. Yeah. So I'm glad you pointed all that out. Um, you and Colleen are technically um, girlfriend and boyfriend, right? Yeah. So do you guys have the law in Canada or like if you guys live together for a certain amount of time, it's like you guys are officially married? Yeah, common law. Yeah, common law. So, so <coughs> are you keeping track of that? Uh, like how long we've been together? <laughs> no, like, like, are you guys officially married now? Like, uh, oh, I feel yeah, like yeah, yeah. common law is like a year or something. Oh, is it only a year? Like okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's not very long. I feel like you guys work well together. What's the work dynamic like as far as, you know, while I was there, I felt like you guys worked really well together. Um, she tells you what to do and you go do it. Is that, <laughs> is that pretty much, did I get that yeah. right? Yeah, in life and at work. <laughs> um, but I mean, if you got to have somebody yeah, telling you what to it. do, she's a pretty good one. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, I like to say I'm like a Ford. I just go where I'm towed. Um, <laughs> she, she uh, yeah, we work well together, but uh, a lot of people will go, well, you know, how do you work with your spouse? It's just, is that too much? Well, she's in the office and I'm out on the road, so that's okay. So, like, we're not, you know, having a, like, but heads at, at work at the same time. And when we get home, you know, we both enjoy, we're both very passionate about this industry. So we, we, we talk a lot about doors and people are like, Oh, you guys suck. You're just talking about doors all the time. I'm like, yeah, that's what we love. So we don't it's need to realize if you've got negativity. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. My wife thinks I'm nuts, but we'll be driving through a neighborhood. I'll be like, see that top section over there. It needs to be replaced. Like somebody's patched yeah, it up. Yeah, every trade's dad ever. Yeah, it's funny. So, and then like, I love to drive through a neighborhood and see like all the black marks going down the middle of the door where somebody actually used spray to like lubricate the rail and then it dripped down on the door and yeah. then they tried to like wipe it off. So that it smeared all over the middle. That's great. So when I was out there, one thing that I learned is that like your truck, like many is your office, but what's unique about riding with you is the fact that you're constantly getting phone calls 
uh, from people yeah. all over Canada, United States. And these people are like, Hey man, you got a minute. And what I found very interesting was you in almost every scenario was like, yeah. And stopped what you're doing and, and help these people. And I just think that's really cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Thanks. Um, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, I think while I was with you, you you got probably anywhere from two to three calls a day on average. Is that pretty normal for you? Yeah, that's about right. From And you're talking, you're not even talking about my crew. You're talking yeah, about this was people just, I've never met yeah. before. Right. right. Yeah. That's yeah, that's, crazy. Uh, I get a lot of that. But I enjoy it because, um, hey, like you said in the beginning, I do like helping people. I like the education side of of, uh, of the industry. But it also helps my knowledge because they might, you know, mark like different regions have different products and and or their products are built slightly different than the ones that we would get here. So I like to hear about the differences because it helps build my knowledge base. So that's awesome. Yeah. I love that. That's a that's a win because I think without people like you in the industry, I think we grow slower. Not not as an industry as a whole, well, maybe that too, but as individuals, like you know, being part of these Facebook groups and seeing you and some of the other guys post stuff. I mean, why? Like I, I would say, probably the video that changed me the most was you know I've been swapping out sections so wrong and so much more difficult than I had to until I watched you with, with a come along in the cable stature. So, I, you know, we, oh, that bottom section change. yeah. So I'm, you know, we went out and got them. Uh, I'm about to stock all of our trucks with them and we just, you know, these are my resi guys. Like, and we're training them how to do it on resi doors. Um, but I just think that's awesome. Uh, I mean, to be able to share that knowledge, I mean, you, you could potentially be, I mean, I put, I got a hernia trying to put a door back in the track one time. Um, so, I mean, you learn these things and you're like, man, why have I been doing it this, this, this way so long? And you make it more difficult on yourself than you have to. Um, I'm curious, do you ever walk up to a job and think crap? Uh, or are you pretty confident when you walk up that like you can handle just like you or your winch can handle anything? One of the hottest topics with garage door companies in 2020 is what's the best dispatch software. I run my business with service Titan. I wouldn't have it any other way. Service Titan is the premium software that allows you to run every aspect of your business quickly and smoothly. It's not just a dispatch software. I use them for credit card processing, marketing automation, business intelligence, follow-up, and even maintenance agreements. My staff likes it because they can build quotes quickly and easily, and the price is already there. I like it because I get a ton of five-star reviews from customers who love the automated communication. We've seen a huge increase in our revenue per job by offering set pricing and multiple quotes. If you're interested in scheduling a demo with Service Titan, go to servicetitan.com forward slash torsion talk. Or call 888-809-7457. But I just think that's awesome. Uh, I mean, to be able to share that knowledge, I mean, you you could potentially be, I mean, I, put, I got a hernia trying to put a door back in the track one time. Um, so, I mean, 
you learn these things and you're like, man, why have I been doing it this, this, this way so long? And you make it more difficult on yourself than you have to. Um, I'm curious, do you ever walk up to a job and think crap? Uh, or are you pretty confident when you walk up that like you can handle just like you or your winch can handle anything? Yeah. Nowadays, um, I've, pretty much got a plan to figure out how I can do it. I'm always looking for a mechanical advantage. That was something my, uh, my dad pounded into my head pretty good when I was growing up was look for the mechanical advantage. You know, you don't need to kill your body to, to do this. There's ways to do it without that. And there's winches or chain falls or, or whatever, right? There's ways to do do it you know me I, I lost my winch you got that 8500 pound winch on the front of my truck and <laughs> might as well put it first, to use. when i first put it on it, <laughs> sorry so you might as well put it to use yeah so when i was how i came up with that is i was like you know i was using uh i don't know if you know what a turfer jack is I don't. um it's basically like it'll lift about a thousand pounds you run a big heavy cable through it and then you crank on it like a like a jack for your car or something right mm-hmm. and i was using that and i go man it would be so cool if this cable uh pulley assembly had uh, had a motor on it and I went, wait a second, that's a winch what the hell so pretty much the next day i went out and found this 8500 pound winch to attach to my truck which i did shortly thereafter i was i was i got dispatched to a, just a general service call um at, uh, at a liquor store and they had a rolling steel. It was only like a 10 by 10 or something, but it had a broken spring in it. This is like one o'clock in the afternoon. It's just a general service call, right? Well, it's got a broken spring. The liquor store won't allow the door to not be functional for whatever reason. So for the moment, I now have to remove this rolling steel by myself and put in a temporary door, which has happened actually quite a few times. And I was able with my winch to easily get that door down and out uh, by myself with no lifting of by myself um, and, and then put in a temporary door. Nice. Yeah, I love that. To be. What's something that you're most proud of? Um, I, from uh, job wise, well, I like that Invisador, uh, I call it Invisador Master. You've seen that video of the flush mounted garage door. Yeah. Um, you showed me that one. I more... think we went out to that house, didn't Pardon? we? I think... I think we went out to one of them, not, yeah. not the original. Okay. Yeah, I've done quite a few now, and some of my other guys will do them now, like John Fields. My helper, John Fields, he doesn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I messaged him. I said, I said, uh, I said, Kyle said you're doing a great job as a helper today. Uh-huh. He said, what? <laughs> oh, that's going to be hilarious. <laughs> I'm stirring up trouble um, for you. Yeah, it's okay. I'm pretty good at causing my own trouble. Uh, yeah, no, nowadays more, I'm more proud of, uh, doing the uh, IDEA seminars at the expos that was uh, that was pretty that was a lot of fun I, I really miss doing that because I can't get into the US right now but <laughs> when I did my first one you know I went out there I was really nervous about it because I hadn't really done a whole lot of public speaking but I got asked to do it because uh, I had good knowledge and uh, I, when I started out I was really nervous and but pretty quickly easily into it I um, 
I eased into it and I, I got very comfortable with it. Uh, I found out later that somebody in the audience thought I was hilarious and they were texting their, like their friends to come and see this because they thought I was actually a comedian. <laughs> so, uh, that was pretty funny. Me. I think you're funny. <laughs> Looking. <laughs> Sorry, that's my good story. <laughs> so we've got um, not to change the subject too hard on this because we're going completely different direction again. But uh, I want to give a shout out to Noah Kane. Uh, he and I have been messaging back and forth a little bit. He had requested that we have a little bit more conversation about commercial stuff. So naturally, you being on board and someone that I respect greatly in the commercial industry, I figured I would take some of his questions because I said, you know what are you thinking? You know, what type of questions would you like to ask? And then I told him you were coming on the show and share some stuff. So he said, how do you deal with the internet fame? The internet fame. What does that mean? <laughs> so you're famous on the internet because of all the Facebook groups. How do you deal with it? Oh, uh, I mean, just pour it on me. I love it. It's great. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty easy to deal with, but that's also kind of why I get all those phone calls. But again, I love, I love those too. So, and then he, <laughs> yeah, he's got some other questions here. Um, where would you like to see our industry go? Like direction, um, kind of a broad question, but anything that pops in your head. Uh, I, I would like to see, uh, more, you know, like we were talking about earlier, more mandatory certification programs, um, just because it's, it's really a, uh, a step in, in preventing, in helping preventable injuries and or deaths. Um, you know, if, if there were more certified people, and I'm not trying to push it too hard, I guess, well, maybe I am, I don't know. but, you know, a lot of the injuries that we see from either the technicians themselves getting hurt on the job or customers getting hurt by our products relate to a lack of uh, proper installation or whatever, and, and that relates to a lack of education or proper training. A lot of people, like oh, the way our training in this industry is, or has been for years, is you get a job, you get trained by the guy that runs the business, uh, or whoever he assigns to you to go right. and train you and they train you to their their method, whether it's the right way or not. And a lot of people, I mean, we still see it all the time, the photo eyes up at like 24 inches or whatever mm -hmm. height they're at. And they're not supposed to be. Wall buttons at the wrong height, you know, no safety stickers, stuff like that. And people don't, people don't think it's a big deal, but I mean, if you were to look at the stats of how many kids were killed 20 years ago by garage doors, uh, versus how many get killed a year now? It's it's a big difference. I think Roman made a post on that the other day, where he said, you know, yeah, I read that twenty years yeah. ago. Yeah, it's like there's like ten kids a year that got killed by garage doors. No, yep. uh, and that's horrible. Can you imagine being responsible no. for the death of a child? Yeah, that would be uh, awful. I I don't know. I couldn't do that. But nowadays, you know, we're seeing a lot less of it, and that's because products are made safer, but they still need to be installed correctly or else those safety devices for these products aren't doing any good. Right. Yeah. I agree. So, yeah. I think more required certifications and that's, that's a big, 
that's not easy to do. I mean, Alberta, I don't know if you've heard about this, but Alberta is one of our provinces in Canada. A province is like a state for you guys, converting to American for you. Um, And they, they have actually created overhead doors as what's called a designated occupation, which is one level below a red seal trade, which I don't know, what do you guys call that when you have to be like, like licensed or bonded certified or whatever. Insured. Like if you have electricians. Insured. What are they called then? L- licensed and insured. Okay. So, yeah, so like you have to hire a licensed and insured electrician, right? Right. But you don't have to hire a licensed and insured garage door guy, right? Right. So in Alberta, they've actually, uh, it's, it's not mandatory yet that they have to do it, but they have created uh, a designated occupation where you can go into a government facility and take the uh, CDIs, the Canadian Door Institute, uh, level one test and become certified through the government. Man, I would, I really feel like that probably needs to happen nationwide. And I don't, I've always felt yeah. like the garage door industry as a whole is kind of like a subcategory of con- like construction that completely gets ignored by legislation and um, like even some marketers. I mean, when I first got into the business four and a half years ago, like when you're trying to build out directories and stuff and it's asking for category, there wasn't even like garage door categories back then. Um so yeah, you just have to do like construction. So I feel like the whole industry as a whole from the outside is just overlooked. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, uh, people outside of the industry, like just general contractors will go, well, it's just a garage. Door. And I hate that phrase. Yeah. It's just a garage door. Okay. Well, let's see you go put in this <laughs> right. 20 by eight by yourself and yeah. wind those springs with a piece of rebar there, fella. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good luck. I'll meet you at the hospital. So he had one more question for you. He said, since you enjoy making videos, have you thought about doing any online tutorials about uh, control wiring or any other like more complicated jobs? <laughs> yeah. Um, the problem with that is, uh, and, and I, uh, that's what I kind of want to do. The problem with that is uh, that sort of stuff takes a long time to, to, to kind of go through everything to make a tutorial. You're talking about a 10, 20 minute video and the attention span of the average like Facebook user, let's say, for example, is like, you got two minutes in a video. That's right. it. If it's more than two minutes, like they're gone. <laughs> so, and if it's, uh, a lot of people will see, you know, electrical troubleshooting, like, oh, this is boring. I just, I don't want to see it. So I'm just going to get glazed over. But yeah, no, I have a few videos like that that I've done. Um, and, uh, I, I would like to do more. I just, you know, I don't think they deserve. All right. So we got some quick hitters. All right. You ready for this? Uh-huh. All right. What setup do you have on your garage? Uh, <laughs> so we have, uh, uh, Wink garage door, um, which you probably didn't even know they made garage doors. Didn't know. Uh, and we have a sawmill side mount with the detachable header. We call it the umbilical cord uh, because we have a the wall in the back is like seven foot six inches back from the from the jams, so we don't have a lot of back room. And uh, the sawmill was what was able to give us the most uh, opening clearance. Nice. Who's your favorite person outside of your business? And Colleen. 
in the industry, industry uh, professional. Nope. Um, you're going to get brownie points because you can say that I would have chose Colleen, but because you're excluding her. Okay. My favorite person. Oh God. I don't know. There's so many people I like. Hazelwood saying that he's uh, your favorite. Who? Hazelwood. Hazelwood. Oh, Kenny. Kenny. Kenny's my boy. <laughs> uh, I love Kenny. Um, I, I'm going to ask him to do shout outs. I don't know. Yeah, the I love Scott and Christina Schusler. Greg Quinto. I'm going to try to grow a beard like you, but I don't think I can do a beard like Greg. That's too much. Greg's got the perfect beard. Um, Robin, Nell, I love Robin and Mike Baseoff. They're uh, I love those two. They're awesome. Yeah, uh, we talk a lot. Sh- Sean Stewart, Merlin Fear, Fear. I don't know how to say your last name. Sorry, uh, so many people. I don't All right, know. that's good. That's everybody. good. That's good. I'm gonna cut you off. All right, who's the better commercial tech, you or the the door father? Oh man, I knew you were gonna ask me that. You <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's obviously me. No, I'm just kidding. Of course. Uh, I I don't know. I've seen his stuff. He, he definitely knows what he's doing. I, he knows his electrical. Uh, I'd love to work with him one day. Um, I might leak something right now. Actually, is him and I are actually chatting about possibly doing co-seminars together. So. Uh, I've tentatively invited him to host a seminar with me at like a CDI conference and possibly at an IDEA if I'm ever allowed back in the freaking US. Well, so, that would be amazing. I would, I would probably love to be part of that. If I couldn't fly there, maybe we could set up like a webinar. But um, I was even thinking like, you know, with the technology these days, it's not hard for us to like pipe you in video at ID, uh, IDA at some of these, you know, to get your. Yeah, we've, we've done that. We had Colleen sitting in the audience with her phone, uh, live broadcasting seminars from uh, Expo to uh, the last one we did was in Vegas. So we, she, we, we had a super tech seminar that I did. And she live broadcasted that to the deplorables page group. Sorry. Nice. All right. So, um, what's something that people in the industry don't know about you? Don't know about me. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's something people don't know about me? Uh, I don't know. Man, that's weird. I'm pretty old. Don't say anything that would get you in prison. Uh, you can't say anything that's going to put you in prison because I don't want to be the blame for that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I love, uh, like, I don't really like watching sports, but I love playing sports. I find watching sports to be boring, but uh, I do love like snowboarding, more extreme sports nowadays is what I need to except my back. Just can't really take it because I'm almost 40, but I love snowboarding. I like to take uh, my son snowboarding uh, whenever I can. All right. This year. I used to do a lot of mountain biking. Love uh, Cole, by the way. Shout out, Cole. What's up, little homie? Cole, what's up? My buddy. My little buddy. Love He's awesome. All right. Do you struggle yeah. sharing the spotlight with Colleen now that she's more popular than you? <laughs> Uh, no, I don't struggle with that. Uh, I, love I couldn't even do that with a straight um, face. I had to get that in there, though. I just, 
I thought that was funny. Uh, anyway. No, I, I love that she's in the spotlight. She, she loves it too. <laughs> Great. <laughs> All right. What's one book that you would recommend? Do you read books? Are you a book reader? No, I hate books. Books okay. are stupid. Well, screw that then. What what <laughs> video game would you recommend to people? <laughs> uh, okay. I mean, I, I hate to admit it, but yeah, I do play a fair bit of Fortnite lately. Uh <laughs> Generally. Do you hate saying that because people make fun of you because of it or that like you think they're going to judge you? Yeah, people are going to make fun of me, but I don't give a so, shit. So I've got a confession. If it makes anybody feel any better, Kyle and I have actually played online together. And um, my wife, who I try to be as much of a grown up as possible, walked in on me with a headset talking to Kyle playing video games. <laughs> And I'd never done that before, and I'd always kind of made fun of people, but I'm like, this is so cool. I get to talk to Kyle, hang out, play some video games, and then Kyle's such a good sport. Like, I'll put my kids on it, and he'll talk to them, and they suck, and he still, like, pretends like he's having a good time. So, uh, Well, I played, uh, I was playing Fortnite with uh, Corbin Schuster, which is one of Scott and Christina's kids. Yeah. And, and I'll play with uh, them and Mason, uh, Corbin and Mason sometimes. But it's been a while. But um, I was playing with Corbin once, and he kicked my ass, dude. He's that, good, huh? These kids these days, man. It's, I know, it's crazy. Nuts. I don't know. I'm hooked on 2K right now playing basketball. But. All right. When you're hiring when you're hiring new technicians, what are some qualities that you look for? Just give me three. Uh. I'm a math guy, so I look for math skills. I mean, I don't do the hiring anymore, but uh, I look for math skills because I find that you do kind of need math in our industry. And, you know, you can't you can't figure out how to subtract three and a half inches from nine and a quarter. Like, you know, you're not going to make it in this industry. Um, I look for logic skills, like common sense, because if you don't have common sense, you're not going to make it in this industry. And anybody that's ever hired a helper that lasted a week uh, can attest to that, that common sense is a requirement in this industry because not everything is straightforward. And sometimes you actually have to think outside of the box to make it work. Um, and uh, people skills. So you have to deal with people a lot. Um, and if the people don't like you, it doesn't matter how good of a technician or an installer you are, if, if you're a dickhead, Still not going to make it. Right. Now, do you still look for the people skills for your commercial technicians? Because I get mixed comments on that. Yeah. I mean, the resi guys say, oh, you guys are only commercial because you don't have to deal with people. But you do. You do have to deal with people sometimes. You're at an underground parking. Well, we have these parking gates here. And and you're getting. I've had the entire strata council come out in camping chairs and sit and watch me install their product <laughs> while having conversations behind me. I'm up on a lag. I took a selfie one time where there's like the entire hen house of strata council, like drinking coffee in the background in the underground parkade while I'm working. They're all sitting there watching me having their own conversation. So yeah, you have to be able to deal with people, sometimes groups of people in commercial still. Awesome. Well, dude, I think this might be our best podcast ever. And I appreciate you uh, jumping on here with me and doing this. And I apologize. It took me this long to even do this because I recorded that podcast and told you we were going to run it. And 
when I got to the point where we downloaded that thing and started pulling out all the good parts and the good audio, it was like, man, this is going to take forever. I literally had like, yeah, that. I think I had like five or six hours, maybe even more of audio. And, uh, it was just, it was going to be, uh, I, I was going to have to like give some backstory and then put in a cut and give some backstory and put in a cut. And I was like, let's just, let's just record an, uh, an interview again. So yeah. I appreciate you doing that for yeah. me. No problem. Well, man, uh, go, go bell your helper out and, um, make sure that you, he's doing things the right way and he's safe. John, he's been hitting me on Facebook Messenger. He's so funny. When I get friend requests, I know I can approve them when um, when they're friends with you. Everybody's a common friend with Kyle Hart. Send him a message right now. It says, hey, I'm almost done. I'm going to come and fix all the stuff you screwed up while I was on the podcast. I got it right now. He's almost done. Said he's... <laughs> going to fix all your screw ups when he gets in perfect he'll love that <laughs> <laughs> since he's seen oh, it alright man look thank you so much dude I appreciate it thanks to Colleen for getting it on the books because uh, if it wasn't for her we probably still wouldn't be doing this right now he replied wow yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> Huge shout out, Canadian Doormasters. Thanks for all you do for the industry. Thanks for what you've done for me, dude. I really appreciate it. And uh, I think one day we definitely need to get you to the point where you're charging for all your help. But I know you don't do it for the money. You do it for the love. But uh, you're you're just a huge help to so many people. So keep up the good work, bro, and keep changing our industry. And um, he said he just fixed yours. Laugh out loud. Um, but love you, dude. You're my favorite person, honestly, in the whole industry, and um, I appreciate everything you've done for me and everything you've done to help me and my company. So thank you. All right, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. And for those of you guys who aren't liking our Facebook page, Torsion Talk Podcast, please like our, our Facebook page and uh, support our sponsors. We greatly appreciate it. We hope you guys have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you soon.